Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. I'm the founder of Plato University, and today we're gonna cover five tips in order to create audio lessons for your online courses. All right, let's go ahead and dive right in and get to tip number one, which is to start simple with your equipment. You don't need an expensive setup like you see me have right now in order to get good audio quality. Instead, start simple and work your way up towards a larger setup. The reason being is because you may not enjoy creating audio courses or they may not work well for your students, in which case it would be a waste to invest all of that money up front for expensive equipment when you don't end up using it in the long run. So in order to record your audio lessons, you're going to need just a few pieces of equipment. You're going to need a microphone, you're going to need some recording software on your computer, and you're going to need a computer. Now, starting simply, you can get a high quality microphone for under a hundred bucks. I recommend the ATR 2100. Um, I think they've since updated that microphone a little bit, so it may be called something else, but it's usually on Amazon for under $100. There's also the Blue Yeti mic that's under $100 that works pretty well. It'll be just fine for the audio quality you'll need for an audio course. In terms of recording software, my favorite software is Descript. It's what I'm using to create this lesson right now, and it's used for everything else I do to record audio. The reason being is because it allows you to edit your audio as a Word document rather than looking at the waveforms that you would see using something like Adobe Audition or some other audio editing software. This rapidly decreases the amount of time that you spend later on editing. The script also has a lot of AI tools that help you to remove the ums, the yas, and remove large sound gaps that you have in your audio. Again, making editing a lot faster. And if you start to mess up, you can actually overdub, which means you can record your voice and turn it into an AI, and then you can type a word into the computer, and it will overdub that audio, basically putting your voice saying those words even though you never recorded it. So highly recommend Descript. Now in the future, if you decide to continue to keep doing audio courses, well then you can start to upgrade your equipment. Here I have the Rode Caster Pro, which is allowing me to run this Rode Pod mic because you need a control unit in order to run a mic like this. You can see the XLR plug that's plugged in the back of this mic. The mics that I had mentioned earlier plug directly into your computer so you don't need an interface to actually run the mic. Just one more piece of equipment. It allows you to do more things and just really makes the audio really crisp. Additionally, if you're going to start doing video versions of your audio lessons, then you're going to need a camera as well. And those you can start very simply getting like a Logitech camera, which is what I'm speaking into now, or you can get fancy and use a DSLR. But my recommendation when you're first starting, start simple. Get a $100 mic that plugs into your computer and a really easy editing software to edit the audio that you record. All right, tip number two is to create a script for your audio lesson. A script is basically what you're going to say when you're recording your audio. It can be fully scripted, outlining every single word that you're going to speak into the mic, or it could just include bullet points, which cover the important topics that you want to speak about in your audio lesson. Now, the reason that having a script is a good idea is because it ensures that you say all the important information, organizes your thoughts, and keeps you on track while you record. Now, when I create a script, I usually write out bullet points that have full sentences that I will actually say when recording the audio lesson, and then as I record, I elaborate more on those bullet points, but those are more off the cuff than they are scripted. This allows me to sound a little more natural when I'm reading off a script. I'll also most likely keep related reference material, 
near me so that I can read off that in case I need to reference it during my audio lesson. If I mess up during recording, then I just repeat and say the line again and continue on with the script. I can always edit out the mistakes later. There's no reason for me to stop recording and then you know restart the whole script, especially when the rest of the recording is just fine. All right, tip number three is to choose the right length. Depending on the material that you're teaching, your own teaching style, and the people that you're teaching, you'll need to choose the right length for your audio lessons. At Plato University, we create our lessons in the 10 to 20 minute range. This gives just enough time for the student to grasp that portion of a skill and then be able to apply it, but does not overwhelm them with too much information and they're trying to apply it all at once. They're just focused on this one part, they apply it, master it, and move on to the next part. Now, some educational audios, like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Podcast, is several hours long, so you can get a full understanding in the historical topic in one sitting, or in a couple sittings, but in you know one major time that you're listening to that podcast. Now, why is this important? Well, some material is best served in bite-sized, small little chunks, while other material may be best understood when it's in its cohesive form in a three hour long lesson. So how do you go about choosing? Well, first look at what is the material. If it's a skill, it may be best to break it down into its small parts, doing a lesson for each one of those parts and doing it in a shorter amount of time just to grasp that one piece and then be able to move on to the next. This is how we do things generally at Plato University. If it's a large, complex concept, it may be best to break it down in its parts like that or it may be best to present it as a whole, in which case you're going to need more time to elaborate on the details. Next, think about your student and how they're gonna be consuming this information. Meaning think about how this education is fitting in with their life. If your students are short on time, then having a really long lesson is gonna be a dread to try and get through, and they may not be able to do it all in one sitting, so they're gonna break it up anyways. So rather than them breaking it up at points that are not very optimal for their learning, you can take control of that and break it down into smaller pieces, breaking it out at good points for them to grasp, you know, a portion of the subject and then be able to have that understanding and take it to the next part. But these shorter lessons fit in better with their life. They can consume one short lesson during the day and then the next day they can consume another lesson. This is the reason we do that at Plato University, and it fits more in with the science of learning, especially around active learning techniques like spaced repetition. We're allowing them to engage with the material more times, more often over a period of time rather than in one big chunk on one day. It's also important to evaluate what your bandwidth is for creating these lessons. I can tell you from experience, creating a 10 to 20 minute lesson actually takes me about 40 to 60 minutes to do. Reason being is because I'm trying to formulate the best things to say, I'm going to mess up, sometimes I want to add things in, and my actual audio, my recording time is 60 minutes, and there's often going to be huge gaps of saying nothing while I'm recording that because I'm thinking. Now you may be different, you may be able to sit down and do a 10 minute lesson and just spit it out, uh, in which case it may only take you 10 to 20 minutes to do a 10 minute lesson. On the flip side, if you're doing something that's much longer, a two or three hour lesson, that may be very exhausting for you. Or you may get so in the flow of that lesson that sitting down to do three hours talking about this topic is gonna to be super easy for you. In which case you just know you need to block off three hours during the week there and spit out your lesson. 
So just evaluate what your abilities are and what your bandwidth is for creating these audio lessons. All right, tip number four is to remember what medium you're using to create these lessons. Specifically, we're using audio here. This means that students are going to be listening to the lesson rather than watching it. And this matters because audio is inherently a different format than video. This means you need to do different things in your lesson in order for your students to gain an understanding. It also means that students will most likely be doing other things while they're listening to your content. So how are we going to be mindful about this audio medium? Well, first, remember that there's no visuals. They can only hear what you're saying. So this means as you present material, you can't show them something on a screen. Instead, you have to use your words to create illustrative examples. This means elaborating and going in more detail about a concept and painting them a picture in their mind, if you will. Next thing to be mindful of is realizing that your students are not sitting in front of a computer and engaged with a video. They're most likely going to be moving around, doing something else while they listen to the audio. This means they might get distracted and you're going to need to re-engage their attention. And you can do this by using active learning techniques like active recall, where you're asking them to pull information from their mind and maybe giving a brief pause in the audio for them to do that. This is going to keep them engaged in the lesson because they know eventually this is going to come up and they should answer it. Additionally, because we know that they're getting distracted, they're going to miss points sometimes. So this means that you should repeat yourself and reiterate points every so often. You don't need to repeat yourself a dozen times, but going through a set of points and then maybe doing a summary of those points is going to help reiterate the important concepts and help them better engage their short-term memory. And because they're probably doing other things, this means they don't have immediate access to resources that you may be speaking of or that would help them to further understand the point. They're not sitting at their computer, they can't open up another tab and look up something on Wikipedia, or they don't have a book in front of them to look further into the material that you're speaking about. So this means that you need to provide resources for them elsewhere and then let them know in the audio that these resources are available, that they can go and look at these later. And during your lesson, you should be trying to provide the best understanding that you can of the concept and things that may go into deeper detail, you can cover in the extra resources. And the last thing to be mindful of is to be very descriptive in your words and be a little conversational, like you're actually speaking to them because you are, they have you in your ear right now. And to them, it kind of feels like they're listening into a conversation. They're kind of listening to you as they do other things. So you can be a little more friendly and conversational in your tone as you deliver your information. All right, my fifth and final tip is to consider publishing your audio lessons as a podcast. Podcasts at their most basic level are simply audio content that can be streamed anywhere. You as the content creator get to choose what that content is. So that means the content that you publish on podcasts could be educational. It could be your audio lessons. Now, why would you publish these audio lessons as a podcast? Well, podcasts are going to get significantly more reach than if your course was behind some walled garden, meaning you're going to educate more people and impact more people with your audio lessons. On the flip side, it also means that your students can access this information anywhere at any time. Your lessons also become content marketing, which could lead students to taking other courses or diving further into this course that they're hearing now on the podcast. Now, the obvious potential downside of this is podcasts are 100% free, which means whatever educational lessons you're publishing out there are also going to be free. So the very first step in publishing your audio lessons as a podcast 
is deciding how much you want to publish for free. You could certainly publish all the lessons, the whole course for free. This is what we do at Plato University because we're so focused on the impact that we're trying to make. However, you don't have to. You can just publish a few lessons for free to give students a taster of what the course will be and then use that as content marketing to drive people to your website and actually purchase the entire course. You could also do a mini version or like a one-on-one -on -one course that's going to lead into a more advanced course and publish that mini course for free. And then again, using that as content marketing to drive students to the more advanced course, which they would purchase. This basically allows students to try before they buy, understand how you teach and what the material is going to be about, get an idea of what's in the other course that they could purchase. Once you've decided how much you want to be for free, then you need to choose a podcast hosting service in order to actually publish your podcast. So I use Transistor for my podcast host because I have multiple courses and multiple podcasts that I'm publishing, and they base their pricing on downloads rather than the number of podcasts that you're publishing. The other podcast hosting service that I really like is Simplecast. Very simple and intuitive to use and works really well. But there's dozens out there. They're all relatively the same price. They just have a few different features that are different from one another. So find the one that works best for you. Once you have your hosting service, then you're going to upload each one of your lessons as an individual episode, obviously doing them in order in the way that they should be consumed. And then you can schedule them for publishing. You can publish the lessons one by one or you can release the course in its entirety all at once. That's really up to you. From a listener standpoint, they're most used to having things be dripped out, meaning you're releasing each lesson one by one, and that will give it more of a podcast feel. However, podcasts get searched up all the time, especially on platforms like Spotify, where you can use a keyword to find podcasts related to that keyword. So people will find your podcast and will find that course if you release it all at once. Now, if you would like help developing your lessons, whether they're audio or video, and help developing your course, no matter what you're teaching, you can use the link in the description. We'll hop on a free call. We'll see if I can help you out, uh, start developing a strategy for your course. If so, then we can look at working together. If not, then I still want to help you try and find a way to get your course launch, and I'll give you as much advice as I can on that call. So let me help you turn your wisdom into actionable education. Let's build something great together.